Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. We are cruising through retirement. You know, cryptocurrencies have really become mainstream. Uh, As a result, there's a lot of people going into retirement that are really wondering whether it's the right thing for them. And the question is whether it's worth the risk. So the bottom line is that crypto remains a gamble and you need to really be smart about your investments. On today's show, we're going to go over cryptocurrencies and answer, answer a few questions on it. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative, 30-plus years in this business. Silverleaf Financial is where you find him. Silverleaffinancial.com is the website. Encourage you to check that out. And, uh, you know, crypto. Hey, Kevin, we, uh, we've we been talking about um, – oh, by the way, hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm I am great. It's always good to be here, Steve. Yeah, the well, so I mean, we've talked about crypto in the past, and I and and I thought it was great that that uh, you know you decide that we're we're going to just kind of spend some time talking about it. Uh, you know, we're not going to jump down the uh, the rabbit hole, but again, people are really starting to notice this whole crypto thing and believe that it's something. And uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, is it something? Is it here to stay? It's- you know, that certainly is the million dollar question, right? And and I think that uh, the fact is crypto for somebody that's for, for anybody that's got that was invested in it earlier in the earlier days, let's meaning at, at you know a couple of years ago or more, uh, then you've probably gotten very wealthy if you had a good sized position in it. Um, I first started looking at cryptocurrencies in 2017. Uh, I owned them. I had accounts set up, in fact, with Coinbase uh, that a lot of folks might heard of if you're a stock market person. Um and, and a few other ones because you had to set up these really strange uh, links. In, in other words, you couldn't move the money directly like from your bank account into something to buy, let's say, Bitcoin. And you had to go through intermediaries. And, and uh, to some extent, that's, that's still the case, but it's gotten much, much easier to invest in it now if you are interested. Um, and, I did, and I invested in several of them. I own, I own Bitcoin, I own Litecoin, um, and Ripple was another one, and Ethereum was another one. Uh, and guys, the things that the thing I think everybody should recognize and really be aware of and ask yourself 
can you pick the one or two or three or four cryptocurrencies out of the thousands that are out there in order to make money with these things? All right. Because something Bitcoin gets like 90% of the conversation probably is all about Bitcoin. Sure. But guys, that's, do, you, do you know how many cryptos are out there? Steve, have, do you have any, have you looked how many cryptocurrencies are out there right I, now? I did take sort of a cursory glance. I mean, it, uh, and just like looking for a list. Oh my gosh, they're it's, endless. It's insane. Guys, there's over 18,000 cryptocurrencies. 18,000? Wow. 18,000 as of today. And all you have to do is Google it. Um, as of March, 2022, there's over 18,000 cryptocurrencies. Virtually anybody, you know, you, you can make your own cryptocurrency, right? Companies are making their own cryptos. You know, you, you, you've got all sorts of people just making their, you know, Musk t tweeted about Dogecoin and it goes up, you know, yeah. for absolutely for absolutely no reason, no reason, no fundamental reason, I should say, um, you know, and, and so what I look at is that there's no question, you know, I think a lot of us take for granted that, that you know, that the U.S. dollar you know, it has been and I believe will continue to be the reserve currency of the world for quite some time. But we don't know that. Right. We don't know um, whether it will, whether something else will take its place. And so if, if you are a person that has concerns about the dollar, um, you know, I think that uh, if you compare crypto, I think if you compare Bitcoin to gold, you've probably had you've probably gotten much better performance in crypto than you would out of gold. And gold used to be considered, you know, the alternate currency to the dollar. So some people are suggesting that maybe you treat you, you treat an allocation to cryptocurrency like you might treat an allocation to gold. So if you're the type of investor that has that, that believes in that, then you might want to take a look at it for what I would suggest is a very small portion of your portfolio, only a portion you can afford to lose in its entirety. Okay, because I think we could easily see big, you know, any one of these digital currencies, whether you know they're saying there's a lot of talk that Ethereum is going to replace Bitcoin, that it's got much more utility, uh, you know, on the internet and in the block, the blockchain, I should say. Um, but I am not, by any, I am not by any stretch, I am not an expert on cryptocurrencies. And I think most advisors, uh, such as myself, are recommending people be very, very careful with that if you do invest. I think you need to compare it, uh, think of it as something very speculative that could go away or could be replaced, you know, by the next, by the next hot cryptocurrency, which you may, you know, might not be in at the right time. And uh, I think sentiment, if sentiment turns negative, then I believe that could cost you a lot of money because I think a lot of the valuation is driven by sentiment uh, because how do you put a valuation on it? Uh, there's no earnings or sales. There's no, you know, and, and, and I don't know how big of a moat there is around Bitcoin. And guys, uh, I don't know if everybody you know, has heard the phrase, the investing in the investment world, the moat around the business. It means that you've got some sort of a business or a product or a service that is very difficult for your competitors to match, let alone beat or surpass, okay? And so if you've got a good moat around your business, it means you've got a very difficult business, you know, to penetrate. But if you don't have that moat, you know, if you're just somebody putting up a store on the corner and you're selling the same thing as everybody else, your competition could knock you out at any point in time, all right? So so I personally have a lot of questions on cryptocurrency. I, I, I consider it very speculative. However, in terms of Bitcoin, it is trading near the lower end of the range. It seems to be trading in a range of like forty to sixty thousand um, lately. So you know, it, it might be something if you have a long time frame, put money in there, forget about it, maybe look at it in five years, um, and, and and see what it's done. But only for speculative money.
That's important to know, and I think important to understand. Uh, you know, you talk about Bitcoin, and that's yeah, you're right. Up a high is is in the sixty thousand range, and it's been down in the thirties. I mean, that's all in the yes. span of a you know like a few days, it seems. And the yes. other thing about crypto that <laughs> that I think baffles people is that it trades twenty four seven seven. You know, I mean, just it never stops trading. Yes, all the time, all the time. Yes, and and you know, and that depending on somebody's perspective, that could be good or bad. You know, but it's definitely different, you know, because the stock market, you know, is open 930 to four Eastern time zone. Right. Um, you, you know, so you've got what, six and a half hours or something every day uh, that the stock markets are open. And and so it's different. It does trade 24 seven. It is growing in popularity. Of course, it's growing. You know, the younger generations are, are the bigger buyers of it than the older generations. And I think that makes total sense. To me, that makes total sense, because if you're younger, like we always talk about, if you're younger with a longer time horizon, you know, you've got if things don't work out for you in the next five or 10 years, you probably will be working for another 20 years beyond that, that that you have plenty of time to make any money back that you might have lost. Uh, but as we get closer to retirement or in retirement, you know, guys, please make sure you don't put any money into into cryptocurrencies that you can't afford to lose all of it. And, and I think if you're retired, if you've got some speculative money, if you're a guy that like, you know, I've got some clients that like to go to the casinos, they like gambling. Um, they, they tend, they tell me they're very, they're successful at it. And I say, well, as long as you're making money, then I encourage you keep doing it. Have fun with it. Sure. Um, you know, and if that's the type of person you are, you've got the high risk tolerance and you're okay with taking some losses, you know, then maybe, maybe crypto makes sense to take a look at. I would approach it the same way as I would a stock portfolio though. I would spread it out. I wouldn't try to pick the winner, you know, because Bitcoin could easily be replaced as I mentioned earlier. So maybe have a portfolio of them, maybe have, you know, the top 10 most popular ones or something. I, I And see, that's the problem. I don't even know how you pick them. You know, it's um, the, the big ones are Bitcoin and Ethereum, um, you know, but a new one can pop up any day of the week. And as I mentioned, there's 18,000 of these things. So uh, there's there's no guarantees. Uh, so there's still, you know, there's still a lot of uh, uh, a lot of mystery involved with it. And and, you know, it is supposed to be decentralized. And some people claim there's anonymity with it. Uh, there is a lot of, you know, uh, criminal activity with regard to cryptocurrencies, you know, but at the same time and, 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 the, and the safety of the money, okay, safety of the money is another issue. You know, like if you've got a brokerage account, you've got insurance uh, that protects you in the case of insolvency of the brokerage firm, okay, not against the, you know, an investment going down, but against the brokerage firm. And the one that I work with, you could have, I mean, you could have a hundred mil, I can insure up to a hundred million dollars in a brokerage account. So if the custodian goes out of business, you know, your money is safe, but with crypto, that's a whole different world, guys, and 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 pe the money is getting stolen from hackers all around the world, um, and and it's happened multiple times. And the thing that's intriguing to me, which I can't fully understand, is that um, if it's so anonymous and you can't track it, then why has the FBI been able to retrieve and take back the ransom from these ransomware gangs that have done this? And that's a fact. Uh, they oh, they yeah. have they've taken it back. All right, so. Uh, you, you know, so I think we're all still trying to figure it out. And, and I think it's very, very risky because there's so many unknowns at this point. So when you say they're able to take it back, they really, they, they, they took it yeah. down to the blockchain, right? They, they did. That's exactly what they did. There was a story a few months, I want to say maybe three, four months ago, maybe, maybe longer, but, but these, these ransomware attacks are happening virtually every day. Yeah. Um, companies don't want to let, they don't want to tell you about it. They don't want to tell the public about it because they think it's going to be a PR nightmare. Um, because people will start wondering about other aspects of their business in terms of how safe is their business if, if a criminal from you know, 6,000 miles away is able to break into their system uh, and, and shut it down until they pay a ransom. 
And that's what they do. The hackers break into the computer systems of these companies and they essentially take over their systems, their computer systems, and they lock it down. Okay. They change all the passwords and they encrypt it and they lock it down. And if that company wants to continue in business, they get they have to pay the ransom in order to get the, the hackers to uh, essentially unlock their system or, you know, tell them the codes to get back in there. And, and so it's happening all the time. Millions and millions of dollars are, 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 are being held ransom. You know, the computers are being held for ransom, uh, essentially. Uh, but they're paying it all the time, and they don't want people to know. So I think there's a lot more of it going on than we do know about because, as I mentioned, they don't. there's no law that requires them to disclose paying a ransom to a hacker for a situation like this. Wow. And so companies don't actually have to report it. Um, you know, but it's happened to it. It's government agencies too, right? This has happened to government agencies as well. And, and so, uh, that's one area, you know what I got to say, I, I'm a big believer in cybersecurity stocks because of this, you know, I think that that's one area that is going to be a growing business for a long time. Uh, but be very careful with crypto and be very careful, you know, uh, making sure that you know how it's secured that somebody else can't, can't basically just break in and steal your, your crypto assets. I think that's some. I think that's one thing that people are, have trouble getting their head wrapped around is that there's nothing tangible here. You you can't no. put your hand on it like a dollar bill. I can take a dollar bill and I can spend it. I can put it in the bank and I can go back to the bank and get that same dollar back. I mean, you can't do that with crypto. No, you can't. You can't do that with crypto. And um, you, you know, to me, there's just too much uncertainty uh, around it. And I say, you know what? There are thousands of stocks that trade in the market. And if you want to take some risk, why don't you just buy some stocks? Just okay. buy some okay. stocks. Yeah. Just buy some stocks. Okay. You know, we've got a lot of research, a lot of data, you know, that can help you increase the odds of success in picking it. But, but you don't, but we don't have to get into this whole other world of unknown risks, which I believe exists with crypto. And, and like I said, I don't know how, how yeah, I, I would like some, I would like somebody with expertise to tell me why is Bitcoin, you know, why does Bitcoin why is Bitcoin the one? You know, why is that? Um, why hasn't something else replaced it? And and I I can't answer that question. I don't I don't know enough about it. I have tried, but it is very difficult for me to understand. It's kind of a for, it's almost a, it's essentially a foreign language, a difficult foreign language. Um, you know, so to me, my opinion is is if you're really interested, maybe put a little bit of money in there for speculation. Um, but I think if you want to diversify, there's a lot of other ways to do it. There's a lot of other assets you could own. Um, that have plenty of risk all by themselves without without adding on the unknown risks of crypto. So a, a company like, say, Matson. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a company like Matson. Yes. And uh, Steve, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for bringing that up, by the way. We're, I was talking with Steve before the show. Um, and and Matson, for those of you that have listened to the show in the past, uh, you guys might know that I've talked about, I've mentioned this stock before. This is a stock that's held in the pure growth fund, that I, the, the pure growth portfolio that I manage. Um, and this is a concentrated portfolio. I call it pure growth because the only objective of this portfolio is aggressive growth. All right. It's all stocks. It is concentrated. It is not diversified. Um, and I'm making, you know, I typically have just between five and 10 stocks in that portfolio. Right now, I, I want to say there's seven or eight, um, you know, but that's it. It's between five and 10. And I keep it there because I believe that concentration, I believe you'd have to have a concentrated portfolio to really beat the market. Um, diversified portfolios are meant to help preserve your wealth over, over longer periods of time. So you reduce the risk by spreading out the portfolio into numerous different positions to reduce the volatility 
and to reduce the chances of loss over time with a diversified portfolio. When you concentrate it, think about the, the richest guys, the richest people in the world, Jeff, you know, like Jeff Bezos, or not maybe him and Elon Musk fight it out, right? But how sure. did they become the richest? How did they become the richest people in the world? It's because of their stocks, because they had so much money in their stocks. Elon Musk with Tesla, before that with PayPal, and, and uh, not to mention any. I'm sure he's made money a bunch of other ways too. Um, you know, Jeff Bezos. You know, a lot of people forget Amazon stock was, I think, I think went to maybe a dollar, dollar and a half in the early 2000s or late 90s. Then it went back to like 60 or 75 cents and, and for, for a long time. And it did not make money for a long time. Um, now, of course, it's gone, through the, it's gone through the moon and it's made Bezos one of the richest guys in the world. But it's because of that concentration of his wealth uh, in the stocks. And so Matson is a transportation company that we bought last July, uh, July of 21. Uh, right now, we've got over an 80% profit, almost, 80, almost 81%. Wow. And, uh, and all of my indicators, all of my screens, you know, what I do in order to pick a stock, um, I use screens, which are, which are rules. This is a rules-based portfolio um, that I'm using like revenue, revenue, may, maybe, um, you know, a certain growth of revenue, growth of earnings, market share, things like that. And I also use technical factors uh, that has to do with chart formations and trading patterns. And we run these screens because what the research has shown us is that if you bought these stocks that have all these various criteria in the last... You know, 40, the research goes back 40 years and going back 40 years, if you use that criteria, um, the back tests at a rate of 25% per year. So I took the strategy live in July of 20 using that formula, using those rules. And that's where, that's where Matson came in. The symbols MATX. Look at the chart going back to last July. Um, I want to believe, I think it was in the mid sixties and right now it's at 118. And I'm still getting buy signals. I'm still getting strong buy recommendations on this stock. So we continue to hold it. And what I do is I use trailing stops. So you, some of you might know a stop order is a, is a price you put underneath the stock. And if it, goes, if it trades at that price or below, your stock is automatically sold. Okay. And the idea behind it is, is to give you peace of mind knowing that, hey, you know, let's say you've got a stock at 118 and you use a stock, maybe put in a stop order at 99, right? I don't want to put it at 100 because it's like a psychological level. A lot of it can come down and sit at 100. I want it to break below it before I know, you know what, the momentum is going to take this thing lower. And so I would put a stop in 98 or 99. And what that means, if there's one print, one trade goes off at that price with a stop order, then you automatically will execute on the next market order. You're in queue, right? So you're behind the other orders that are at that price. All right. But that, that's what I like to do, though, because it's a good way to protect a gain. Right, I don't want to see an eighty percent gain turn into a loss. Right? Who would no, want that? No, of course not. All right, so so a good way to do it is find. You know what I do is I look at trading patterns on the stock. I look at where it found support previously, and then I use that as my stop order. I go a little bit below it, okay. And the idea is if it breaks previous support, then maybe the trend is reversing, and I want to be someplace else. And and so so that's something I like to do, but I still own it. Um, and, and it still looks great. Another one I mentioned on the show, guys, uh, is Zim, Z-I-M. Oh, yeah. You've talked about that for a couple months. It's a couple months. It was, I believe it was January 6th that I recommended it at $56. Um, today, we hit high 80s already. And um, I wanted to bring this one up because anybody, you know, anybody that's playing this at home, if you're following these picks at all, all right, uh, Zim is doing fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, if you get if, if you look at the earnings, guys, look at the earnings for this company. It's phenomenal. It's trading at like two times earnings. 
And, and so they pay out special dividends and they're getting ready to pay a $17 dividend on an $86 stock. <laughs> okay. All right. There's a huge dividend and you, on an annualized basis, that's, that's like 75 or 76%. Um, so if you have this in a taxable account, you know, you're going to get, you have to pay taxes on those dividends, right? Which I mean, life can be worse, right? I call this, I call, I, I call this a high class problem. Yeah, okay? sure it is. So sorry for your luck. You're getting paid a big fat dividend. Um, but what I like to do, like in my own account, I use my Roth. This is in my Roth IRA. And, and I, I like to put these, the higher activity because of trading. If they're, if uh, going back to taxes, if you guys might know, if you make a profit and you sell it less and you hold it less than a year, then you're paying tax based on your income tax rates. More than a year, you get the capital gains, lower tax rate. All right. But a lot of the holdings in pure growth, you know, I don't think I've held anything for a year. Uh, Matson is the longest hold that I've held, um, the, the position that I've held the longest. And so what I am trying to do is, is, uh, is hold on to some of these longer because uh, sometimes you look back and you say, wow, that went a little bit higher after I got out. And I don't like that either. <laughs> right. So, so I want to maximize the gains, but we want to limit the losses. And so Matson is another one that's doing really well. Apache, Apache uh, Resources uh, is another one in the oil space, uh, which I mentioned a little while back. The symbol's APA. And uh, this is one. Oh, my gosh. We picked this one up in uh, uh, November 3rd. November 3rd of 21, we're up, we're up about 42 43% on Apache. Uh, Marabeni is an industrial Japanese conglomerate. Symbol's M-A-R-U-Y. I mentioned that one a few weeks ago. We bought it about a month ago. We've got about a 10% profit on that one so far. Wow. Um, all right. So, so the, the, the rules, the strategy that I, that I use is really working well, it, but it kind of comes in and out of favor. It, you know, like everything does on Wall Street, uh, but it's working really well. Uh, we've been averaging about uh, our win rate is about 65%, but one time out of three, I'm wrong. And, and what I try to do on those is limit the losses and keep them small. Um, I try to keep them below 10% on the losses. If I'm wrong, I want to get out with a small loss. Uh, but if I'm right, we want to hold on to them. And that's how, that's how we're winding up with gains. And that's how we're beating the market again. We're up 4.5% year to date. No, it's not an astronomical number. But considering the markets are negative, you know, <laughs> yeah. be, right? That's pretty good then. I think it's pretty good. I'm very happy with it. And uh, I'd, I'd be willing to bet you would be too. Sure. Um, let me ask you this. Um, Ukraine, Russia, you know, U.S., I mean, how is that influencing the market these days? It, You know, it, it is still the headline topic, and it is still day-to-day. -day. You know, we call it headline risk, and that's exactly what something headline like that risk. is. Headline risk. Okay, I get it. Yeah, it's headline risk. And and right now, it's Ukraine and Russia, Putin, you know, um, all that activity that, that is driving the market day-to-day. -day. A lot of it is being driven, which is uh, adding to the impact of inflation, okay, and, and, and guys, you should be, before everybody starts, you know, listening, listening to the, to the propaganda networks, it's not because of Biden. All right. Blame the last president. That's who this is from. This is from COVID. The COVID shutdown that locked down the world and shut down all the manufacturing facilities and the plants and disrupted the supply chains and sent everybody home. Nobody's going to work. We're still, we're, we're still trying to recover from that. And it's going to take some time. That was a massive, massive shutdown. I don't think the world has ever seen it. But that was the last administration, not this one. Um, and, and so maybe if decisions were made sooner in the COVID pandemic, maybe if the last leader recognized that it was going to be so bad and he didn't lie to everybody about saying, hey, it's going to be over. It's a Democratic hoax. Go back and check the tapes if you think I'm making that up. Um, if it was addressed properly, a lot, less, a lot fewer people would have died and we'd probably be farther along in this recovery. 
But nonetheless, that's what led to the situation. And what's exacerbating it is Russia invading Ukraine. And that's because Russia and Ukraine are big suppliers of commodities. Russia is one of the biggest suppliers in the world of oil and natural gas. Germany and a lot of the European countries get the bulk of their uh, oil and gas from Russia. All right. Uh, and, and also what the United States has done with Congress passing the, uh, I don't know what they cut with they pass, I don't, I believe it passed in terms of not wanting to buy or not buying, you know, more Russian oil. Uh, guys, we bought more Russian oil here in the United States last year than we bought from Saudi Arabia. So it's not a huge amount. It's, I want to say it's three or 4%. Um, but the fact is that when we, when we put in limits, right, or, or we start reducing, I should say, we start reducing the supply then, you know, and, and demand stays, stays just as strong, obviously that drives the price up. So the recent activity with Russia and Ukraine has, has made inflation worse is the bottom line on it. And, and all of these, all of these, if you look at like minerals, um, you know, resource companies and minerals like nickel, nickel is, is, is one of the metals that goes into the production, I believe of electric vehicles. And if you look at the price of nickel, just in the last two weeks, it jumped like 50%. Five zero, Jeez, just in the really? last two weeks. Yeah, and in fact, the exchanges have now put it put in limits. They call it limit down. Like on the, like uh, on the stock exchange, they call them circuit breakers. So if there is too much activity, in other words, the stock if the stock market really started to fall quickly, let let's say ten percent, then the market shuts down. And don't quote me on that number. There are different there are different numbers. Sure. I haven't checked these lately. But the point is, there are percentages that the market goes down five, six, seven, eight percent, ten percent somewhere in that range. And they just did it with, with, with the metals markets, with nickel. I saw the headline today um, that they have enacted these. So they will close the market because the trading has gotten so crazy. All right. And my point being, Russia is one of the biggest producers of nickel in the world. And with everything happening with, with them, with everybody, you know, businesses pulling out and, and the world saying, hey, we don't want to buy stuff from you anymore, Russia. That's when, that's when we get this incredible price appreciation in something like nickel, which is going to increase the price of the end product, right? Mm -hmm. So if the products that go into the car cost more, then the car price goes higher. Just like there's stuff that goes into the buildings, right? Into the buildings with the all all these all the, the things that go into you building your house. Virtually all of them have gone up in price because of inflation, because of the supply chain bottlenecks and all these things. And so that's what's translating into higher prices. So there's a bunch of things contributing, um, contributing, but all these effects take time. These things don't happen in a matter of, of days. They take time to build. And, and that's, that's, that's why I say, in my view, this all goes back to everything that's happened in the last few years in this country, not just the last 12, 13 months. Sure. Well, you make a good point. Let's talk about the Fed uh, increasing the uh, interest rate for the first time in, what, two yes. years, three years? It, it is, definitely. Mm. And, you, and you know what? This was just a quarter point increase. And I tell you what, I'm actually surprised, Steve, that the market has rallied so much, has rallied. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I am because this is just one of what are right now the market's got seven rate hikes priced in for a total of 1.75%. Um, as I mentioned, this one was 25 basis points. It was one quarter point. So seven quarter point increases get you the 1.75, um, you know, and and so I'm, I'm a bit surprised by the by the action because, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to me when I see commodity prices and oil prices going higher and I see the stock market going higher. I'm having trouble because you got to think about the end result being higher inflation for a consumer. If you're wealthy, it's not going to hurt you, right? It, it, you won't like it, right? But right. you can still, you can afford it. You're not going to you know, stop your vacation or something. You know, you're going to be sailing on your yacht and you know, it'll just cost you more. All right. 
But the people in the lower middle class and the and the, uh, and the lower end of the income scale, when when we see inflation, they're the ones that get hurt the most, right? Because they're already living paycheck to paycheck, or they're cutting it very close already. So now, if you if the prices get jacked up eight percent, which they just you know year over year we're up eight percent, seven point nine I think it was. So that's that's where it's good. They're the ones that are going to feel the squeeze. And those people buy, you know, they, they have to pay for gasoline, right? Just like everybody else. But this is when we start to look at, say, when does inflation start to change human behavior? Okay. In other words, what price of gasoline will, will cause people to say, you know what? I'm not going to drive, you know, take that road trip that I was going to take with a family because gas is going to cost me now, cost me more than the hotel now. Yeah. Things like geez, yes. Right? Yeah. So because the economy is 70%, almost 70% of our economy is consumer spending. Okay, so if consumer spending goes down, that means our economy is going to slow down. And, and so, in my opinion, um, you know, I, and that's what they want, right? The government, the reason they raise rates is because that's the government, the, the most effective tool that the Federal Reserve has to slow down the economy is to make money more expensive. And so there, it's very deliberate that we've got to do it. It's a bit, you know, I think they're a little late, actually. And I would have actually liked to see them raise 50 base, you know, a half a point instead of a quarter. Um, but nonetheless, uh, so what they're trying to do is slow down the economy and I do believe it'll, it'll, it'll work. And I think guys, if you've got a longer term horizon, in other words, if you're looking out at least two or three years, then I would say to use these opportunities when the market drops as a buy, these are buying opportunities. All right. If you're just looking at this year or the next six or seven months, you might want to take this as an opportunity to sell and put your money somewhere else. Because I do think the next several months, you know, can go either direction. Uh, there are several reports coming out about a recession coming next year because the fear is that the Fed is going to go too far. They're going to raise interest rates too high. That's going to slow down the economy too much, and we're going to go into recession. Um, and, and so for the record, if you invest during those times up to the market, up to the recession, the market would probably drop if it goes that route. Um, but if you keep investing all the way through it, every time we've gone through it in the past, you've always come out ahead. So it all depends on your time horizon in terms of how you want to handle the market. And so uh, people who are retiring, you know, over the next uh, 18 months, say, there's, and if they're your clients, they're already safe. They don't have to worry about, you know, the inflation because you factored that in. You've made yes. the tweaks along the way. And, but, I mean, if someone is just thinking, oh, my gosh, how, how can I possibly retire with this inflation like now, it, the way that it is? I mean, that, that's got to be a legitimate question. It, it definitely. It definitely is, is a legitimate question because the fact is um, – when we do our, when, when they come in and you're right with people that have been working with me that are positioned, we wouldn't, there, there is, we don't have the money in the market. Um, it's, it is discretionary money. That's in the market. It's money, right, the sure. money that's in the market, they're comfortable with the risk. And I talk, I talk all the time. Uh, in fact, one of the shows that I did, we talked about uh, the average in an average year, the market drops 17%, you know, from its high on average, that's a normal year. All right. Okay. So I so I tell everybody, if you're not comfortable with a 20 percent drop, all right, then you shouldn't be in the stock market or or whatever money you don't want that to go through shouldn't be in there because it's normal to have 17 percent drop. So if we go a couple standard deviations, you know, not to get too wonky, but if we go a little couple standard deviations further out on the probability scale in terms of what the market could do, you know, an average is 17 percent. So we could certainly have a 25, 30 percent drop, in my opinion, at any point in time. And, and so I think you should only have money in the market that you're that you're comfortable with that and you can live through it and you're not it's not going to hurt your lifestyle. Uh, going back to the inflation question that Steve posed, one of the one of the few things, the critical things we do when we devise a plan uh, like an income plan or a financial plan or 
uh, when we're, uh, the income plan is one thing that we start off with when somebody is getting ready to retire. So we have a plan in place about how you're going to generate income you need to do the things you want to do. One of the factors you put in there is, you know, life expectancy, right? We have to calculate the, to estimate an end date, so to speak. We have to estimate an expected rate of return on your investments. So what is your assumed rate of return? 5%, 6 7 8%. I don't want to go, I don't like to go much higher than that personally. I like to keep it maybe in the 5 or 6% range, I think is much safer. Uh, but then also inflation. You have to put in, a, put in your projection of inflation. And, and if you estimate too low, then you're going to run out of money. If you estimate too high, then you could, then you might come back and say, you know what? I could have had more fun. I could have spent more money. So it's, it's not an exact science. It's the, it is the best that we have. But as Steve mentioned, if we're forecasting 3% inflation and now we're coming in at eight, then we need to go back and, and rerun the numbers, run them again, check them again. And, and see where thing, see where the chips fall, so to speak. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, again, though, we covered a lot of ground here, Kevin, and, and uh, very informative when we uh, talking about crypto, we're talking about, uh, you know, pure growth. Um, and then we sort of end on inflation. Well, I mean, are you, are you still optimistic? I mean, you've been one of the more optimistic people, you know, no matter what's been going on. You, you know what? I, I, I am optimistic. I, I do. You know, we have gone through this. Well, you a know, we've gone two. through. We, we've gone through this a time or two before. We've gone through the corrections. We haven't gone through you know exactly like this with the, with the, all the money printing that happened um, and, and things like that. Um, but I believe that the tool we have the tools to get this under control. And I believe the Russian-Ukraine situation is going to get resolved one way or the other. Um, and I do think that by the end of the year, I think the markets will be heading higher. Unless we do foresee a recession, then we might have a little bit more weakness. But guys, if you're looking long-term, Stay invested, maintain your portfolio, talk to your advisor or give me a call. I'll be happy to, to, to help you map it out in terms of exactly where you should be. Well, I look forward to chatting with you next week, uh, Kevin, because uh, every week is an adventure for sure. <laughs> Myself as well. Myself as well. I appreciate it, Steve. And uh, guys, I appreciate you listening and uh, just stay focused on the long term. And uh, I, I believe things will work out just fine. Provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains, 
and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again. That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. 